Hey, it's John Williams. If your home struggled to stay warm this winter, then you know it's going to be hot this summer. Maybe it's those old leaky windows and doors. Call Next Door and Window, the company we hired. Right now, you'll get buy one, get one 30% off, plus 18 months of interest-free financing. So call 1-800-NEXT-DOOR right now. That's 1-800-NEXT-DOOR or go to 1-800-NEXTDOOR.COM. Podcasts. It's like radio. But it's not on the radio. It stings to lose, so you got to feel it. I want them to feel it, but we got to use this now to be better. WGN Radio presents Hogan Johns. Eddie Jackson, for the fifth time in his young career, has a touchdown. With WGN's Adam Hogue. Are you ready? The one and only. And the Chicago Sun-Times, Adam Johns. What's up, everybody? Tearing it up. Here they are, the Adams, Hogan Johns. Touchdown, Bears! Welcome in... Day two at the day three at the combine. What is this? I mean, technically day two of work. It all depends when you get here, right? Some teams, it really some depends members what of those teams have been here for like four or five days already. I was going to say it depends what your job is. Yes, because there's so many different people that work in the NFL. Some here. defensive coaches aren't even in town yet. That's right, because the defensive guys they're not up. They're not even going till the weekend. No. So, anyway, uh, I guess it doesn't matter what day it is. This is our second podcast, though, in two days. Time stands still. And it will be. <laughs> we promised you a second podcast from the from Indianapolis, and uh, this is it. This is it. Got some good stuff to talk about um, today with Matt Bowen, who we always like to sit down and talk to at the NFL Combine. It always seems like um, the perfect time to do that. I always that. enjoy that conversation. Yeah, so uh, Matt po- Matt Bowen is on the podcast. I did want to mention one interesting thing that I didn't know, but apparently Apple does not want us to put episode numbers on the podcast anymore. Like, nothing's preventing me from saying this is episode 218 of the Hogan Johns podcast, but in the way it shows up on your phone going forward, it won't have the episode number. I just wanted to give our listeners a heads up on that. A warning, a forewarning. The, because because basically Apple is threatening to kill us if we do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is this Apple vacations or... Uh, Those would Apple? be the... Because uh, the Bears have their Apple vacations thing coming up, I believe. Where's Where are they going to this year? Uh, Mexico. Oh. Be nice to get invited on that trip sometime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably not going to happen. That's you right. never know. We're no longer numbering our podcast, so this could be our big moment. <laughs> this is what's going to change it all. Um, all right. Anyway, follow us on Twitter at Adam Hoge, Joe G E at Adam Johns J A H N S. Plenty of uh, good stuff coming out of Indianapolis uh, over the last couple days, but. We're kind of blending this. Uh, so the first day is always like whatever Ryan pays, Matt Nagy says, and then we always shift to draft talk the next day. And it's just so weird the Bears don't have first round, first or second round pick. It just doesn't seem like that big of a deal this year. But yet the NFL draft is and always will be a big deal, and it's important that with the picks the Bears do have, 
this season that they hit on him. In fact, it's almost more important. It's weird covering it because it's such a crapshoot to to begin with. It's so unpredictable to begin with. We're talking about the 87th overall pick. You could go a thousand different directions. This is a lot different than having the the second overall pick or the third overall pick Mm -hmm. like the Bears did a couple years ago. Of course they were looking at quarterbacks. Number 87, everybody. Everybody. Maybe not kicker yet. But you know, you know what I'm getting at. Right. It's look, we we spent a lot of time talking to, to running backs this week. Of course, the Bears have an interest in, in running backs. We'll get through through that and add to that soon. But you don't know where these guys are, are going to land. The the running back evaluations teams value them differently. They're looking for different things. Teams stress fit more than than other teams. It's such a crap shoot at this which, point. Which is why I wanted to play that sound from Matt Nagy yesterday, which I found so interesting and in what he's looking for in a running back. Um, and, and so, if you missed that, make sure you go back and listen to to yesterday's episode. But um, so anyway, Matt Bowen knows a, a little bit about this stuff. He also breaks down the film the entire year of the NFL teams, not just draft prospects, but the NFL matchup show this year, if you didn't see it, Outstanding. was great. And and even if you didn't watch it every week, they put the clips on Twitter, and if there was ever a breakdown, you could just tell Matt Love breaking down Vic Fangio's defense. Um, some really good stuff throughout the season from Matt Bowen. Uh, of course, as a Chicagoan, played safety at Iowa, um, played for a few different teams in the NFL, and then now he's working more on draft stuff. So perfect for this week here at the Combine uh, to talk about the Bears, talk about some of the the um, prospects that they might be going after and whom Matt Bowen likes. So uh, we just had a chance to sit down with them. Here he is, Matt Bowen in Indianapolis. Well, one of our favorite times to talk to Matt Bowen is at the NFL Combine. We've done this before. Uh, it kind of merges the... All the stuff that you break down in the regular season with now we switch over to draft season. It all comes together here in Indianapolis. Uh, first of all, congratulations on the outstanding show that you guys did this year, the NFL matchup show. I, I saw you yesterday and mentioned this to you, but the breakdowns all season long were incredibly insightful. Well, I appreciate it. it. It was a great show. It was a great experience for me, too, um, to do deep TV, but do it in a different way. We're, we're using these breakdowns, one, for the fans who love football, but also to use it as a teaching tool. And I looked at it from trying to almost like being a coach and trying to teach how routes can be used to manipulate coverage schemes, how blitzes can be used to manipulate protection schemes. I, I think it's very interesting, and I work with the best team. Greg Cosell and Sal Palantonio are so nice, made me feel so comfortable. They are so professional. Our matchup team is excellent because this is how it works. Come Monday, we have to start building the plays. So Monday and Tuesday, we're watching tape. And then we build the plays off of that based on the matchups we think we're going to see, based on what the pictures are telling us on the film. I mean, I'm all in on it. I think it it is a great show, and it's great for learning the game. I feel like it's just so great for the fans now because they, they want to be smarter, mm-hmm. too. For, for, forget the our interests as media members, but the fans have access to game film. They want to understand what they're watching. They want to understand why three cones wide open, right. you know, when he gets lined up over safety going across the middle. Uh, they understand these things. I mean, the, the fan feedback must be pretty pretty special for you, you know, having played the game too. Yeah, it, it was. And this year, using the Bears as an example, obviously Coach Nagy's offense was 
And that's fun to break down because it is unique. There is so much misdirection. There is so much formation versatility with his personnel. Then he flipped over this past year with Vic's defense and what they did, how they matched their coverages, how they used their personnel. When you're seeing now Leonard Floyd matching the Todd Gurley in the flat, no one expected to see that. But why he did it and what his theory was behind that. To be able to watch Eddie Jackson. Okay, let me tell you something about Eddie Jackson. He did things on a football field. I would have never even attempted as a player. One, I didn't have his ability, obviously, but I didn't have his confidence. He's a a calculated risk taker because he finishes on the ball and he makes plays. But there's things he does on film. You say, man, that he is so smart of a player, so aggressive, but it's calculated in how he does it and his angles to the football. Special player. He really is. So with Matt Nagy's offense, I think one of the biggest things that we're all trying to figure out is – what is his ideal running back? Because we great we, question. we talked about this all season. I, I thought Johnsy said it best late in the year, and he said it again on our podcast yesterday. Fans are always like, "Why is Taquan Mizell in the game?" Mm-hmm. And 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 Johns would say, "Well, it's it's almost like he's out there right now fulfilling a role for another player that's not even on the team yet." Mm-hmm. Like because. Whatever it is, Nagy doesn't have his perfect running back on the Bears right now. Jordan Howard's good in his own way. Mm-hmm. Tariq Cohen's obviously a matchup nightmare at times, but right. not completely a hybrid either. Uh, so as I, I don't know if you have any ex- examples from this draft class yet, but as you broke down the film, you broke down the schemes that Matt Nagy's trying to execute every week. What do you think he's looking for? Well, I think a couple things. One, he's looking for uh, <clears throat> a running back that's going to hit the hole with speed when they run inside zone. Then they compare to their run pass options. In both zone and we call them gap runs at NFL match. Gap run is just a power run. I mean, it's downhill power, pull the guard. But I think he's looking. We use the term hybrid. I think that's a pretty good term. Uh, I think he's looking for a first and second down back that has versatility that could also impact third downs because that then allows him to use Cohen as a matchup piece. Where you saw this year, there was times we call it 31 personnel. He had three running backs in the game, right? Okay. So I think he's looking for that running back that can push the ball between the tackles with speed on first and second down. Also impact the screen game. Also run a flare out of the backfield. Run a quick seam out of the backfield. And I'm not talking about a running back that runs the entire route tree. I'm talking about a running back with soft hands, hands, natural hands. It looks natural. doesn't fight the ball when it comes to him there. That can create some matchups and compliment Cohen. Compliment Cohen. But when I think of a running back with pro traits, and I'm not talking about pro traits, that's someone that has great footwork. Hits the hole with speed. I don't care if they're on the 40, and I don't. Back runs a 4.65, I don't care. Um, how fast can you get from 0 to 10? You know, Because most backs in the NFL, unless you're talking about Zeke or Saquon, they're going to run down from behind it for 40 yards anyways, right? So you're talking about someone to hit the hole with speed and get through that second level. I think that's one area where Howard lacked a little bit this year. In addition to running through contact, I thought his numbers running yards after contact dropped a little bit compared to past seasons. So I think he's looking for a first and second down back with versatility who can play on third downs because then you can have Cohen in the game. Because when you put Cohen in the game, he's, he, call him whatever you want. Call him a Z receiver. It doesn't matter. You put him wherever you want because he is that talented and is that unique in his traits that he brings to the Bears' offense. And that's why when I wrote this piece for ESPN uh, last week. I was not grading the running backs. It's not really what I do. It's more of putting them into different categories. And this week we decided, let's talk about running backs that with Le'Veon Bell being a free agent. And we're not saying they are the next Le'Veon Bell. We're saying that they could have similar traits. 
to impact all three downs. I looked at a couple players. I think David Montgomery from Iowa State is a perfect example. Uh, David Montgomery reminds me of James Conner from the Pittsburgh Steelers. That I don't think he's in test extremely well here in terms of his long speed. Uh, he might be a 4-6 guy. But you watch him in film, his contact balance, his vision. He's got some wiggle. He's got power. He's got soft hands. Okay, and then you say, okay, well, he doesn't have a ton of respect. Here's the thing. And you'll see this more and more. These running backs don't have the, the pass game numbers of pro running backs. Not in these spread offenses. They don't. Okay, because you've got four wide receivers or three wide receivers, a tight end split out in the field. The running backs aren't used, uh, unless you're in Washington State with Mike Leach, yeah. as prime pass targets. So you're saying, okay, how do, their, how do their traits project? Can they block in pass protection? Are they willing to block? If they have a blitzing linebacker, they're willing to square up, drop their pads, and take them on. Not everyone is. I mean, you just have to be honest. Not everyone is. I think Montgomery is. I think he's very willing to do that. So when you start to project these guys, again, you look at their past catching numbers. They're just some of them are, are just non-existent. Right. But, but teams have to do it. So when, when you're when you're the Bears, you don't have a first or second round pick. So right. You're looking at these mid-round guys. But as we've seen in the past, so we we talked about it yesterday. Superstars can be found in the in the third round. I brought mm-hmm. it up uh, yesterday. Kareem Hunt, eighty-six mm-hmm. overall pick. Um, David Johnson, 86 overall pick. Alvin Kamara. Yeah, yeah, 67th, I, I believe. Yeah. So the Bears draft starts with the 87th pick mm-hmm. for right now. Do you think there's enough depth and talent where you can find a guy? I do in this class because this is an interesting class because there's no Saquon Barkley, no Christian McCaffrey. There's Josh Jacobs from Alabama. I think Josh Jacobs is the best running back in this class based off his film, his traits, um, his amount of carries, you know, doesn't have an extremely high workload from the college level. But after, and I think Josh Jacobs will be a first-round running back, if not first, early day two. After that, I think it slides a little bit. When I mean it slides, I think there's going to be a maybe a, a, some time to wait before the next running back comes off the board. That's where I think that mid-round guy, that's why I mentioned Montgomery, Damian Harris from Alabama, who I, I really like Damian Harris. And Damian Harris might not test great. He's got excellent footwork. He's going to compete and pass, bro. He's got old-school Alabama traits, and that's what Nick Saban looks for in his running backs, old-school Alabama traits that he hits the hole with incredible speed. He runs through contact. He's a physical player. He's got enough lateral ability to make a jump cut, and you've seen him impact on screens, checkdowns, flares out to the flat. He's got the natural catching ability to impact the passing game at the NFL level. He's a player there. Devin Singletary, Adam, we were talking about him off the air. Devin Singletary is a very interesting player. Extremely high workload. I think over 560 carries at FAU. Measuring him this week in the 5'7 range, listed at 5'9. But I think he's 5'7, about 200, 203. Extremely electric player in terms of his lateral ability. His jump cuts, you turn on the film, I mean, it, that stuff pops in the film. It's impressive. I don't think he's got great long speed, but he's got enough long speed. He runs like a 230-pound back. I don't know if he could do that in the NFL level. That's my question about Devin Singletary. But in terms of being a complimentary piece to a backfield, yes, he can be a complimentary piece to a backfield. I don't think that's what you're looking for. Is there such thing as a feature back? Yeah, for some teams, there are. You know, Saquon's going to get his touches. Christian McCaffrey we saw it last year had a huge workload. But when you look at Matt Nagy's offense and the personnel they have, because you have to consider Cohen, can you get a guy that can give you 14, 15 carries a game? Now, Damian Harris can do that. Damian Harris can give the Bears 14, 15 carries a game, and then you have Cohen who can give you 10 to 12 touches because he's so versatile. And I think that's what Matt Nagy's looking for. Someone who's a little bit more reliable in the passing game. And I think that and someone who has more juice in terms of hitting the hole. Well, and I think that's what's important here is the Bears don't need to f- find Saquon Barkley. They're not no. going to get that this year. But 
everything in Matt Nagy's offense is just based on making the defense work to figure out where the hell the football's going on any right. given play. And I think that's where, you know, I think sometimes fans think we're bashing Jordan Howard for some of his limitations. He's a good NFL running back. And mm-hmm. whether he's on the Bears in the future or not, he's going to continue to get work because he is a productive back with the football. But it's a different style. And maybe you can speak as a former defensive player because the way I think about it is like, you gotta you gotta picture this as as like how the defense is looking at what Matt Nagy's putting out there. And when Jordan Howard's on the field, they know a run can come. Mm-hmm. But if Mitch Trubisky drops back to throw the football, well, they you know that linebacker who who's standing there knows okay. Well, Howard's really only going to be the the checkdown option here. Mm-hmm. I don't need to worry about him running a crazy route, a wheel route or something. It, yeah. it, exactly. Now Cohen's a little different, mm-hmm. but. Matt Nagy doesn't want that with his running back. He wants somebody, whether, you know, whoever could end up being, but he wants that running back, whether he's getting the ball or not, to at least give the defense the impression that he could be running a different route that right now Jordan Howard just can't do. Right, I agree with you. I agree with you. And the the opposite of that, if I'm a defensive player and I come down the box and I'm matched up against Cohen, I'm going to start getting a little worried. I'm going to start looking around and see who my help is because I know I'm not going to be able to check him one-on-one, right? right? And, and and that's what you get with, with Cohen. But I understand what you're saying, and I think that's a great example. Um, look at what people do in the route game with running backs. Uh, and I'm not comparing anyone in this class to Kamara in terms of their route skills, but with Alvin Kamara's route running, it's option routes, it's flat routes, it's a quick seam, it's screens. It's not... We're not talking about an X or a Z receiver here where they're running comeback routes of 12 to 15 yards. That's not what they do. You're looking for them to create the matchups, and I think that's what you're getting at here, Adam, is can they release out of the backfield working against a weak side linebacker and beat them when it's third and two to six and move the chains, right? Yeah. Or beat them and slip a tackle, now it's 25 yards down the field. It's just, an, I think, what we're getting at here with Coach Nagy, he wants another piece to the offense. Right, because they, they don't have pro bowlers across the offense right now. No, they don't. But what they have is when you're lining up on defense, you got to worry about Taylor Gabriel mm-hmm. and his speed. Allen Robinson's outstanding you know, receiver. He's not the best, but he's he's pretty good. He's a number you, one, though. He your, is. Your yeah. tight ends can catch the football. Right. And you want, so basically you want every threat out there, someone who could have the ball in his hands. You're, if you have that many guys on the field, you can't possibly guard them all, and then you just want your quarterback to deliver the football right, and it makes it your is. quarterback better. That, that's the ultimate goal with here with Mitch, is that now Mitch has yet another option. And like Adam's saying, it doesn't have to be Saquon, Todd Gurley, Christian McCaffrey, David Johnson. It doesn't, but if someone can come out of the backfield, that's why I brought up the James Conner comp to David Montgomery, because you look at James Conner, what he did in the passing game, he was productive, right? But again, he's not running a, a crazy route tree. What he's doing is winning his matchup. And that's all you want from the running back position. Someone can win a matchup. And again, when you talk about the quarterback position on the flip side of that, it's a high percentage throw for Mitch. You don't want Mitch throwing 18-yard comebacks. Why would, I wouldn't want that as a coach. It was any quarterback. I don't want Brady throwing 18-yard comebacks. Where does Tom Brady put the ball in the middle of the field? Look at what James White does. Yeah. Look at what James White does. James White runs complementary routes that are paired with other concepts. So whether it's Rob Gronkowski running a corner route and James White is underneath. He can go to the flat. He can run a pivot route inside. He can run a little sit route and sit down. That's part of the route. That's part of the read for Brady. But it's also another option for Brady to get the football out of his hands. Look at James White does in the screen game. All right, and that stuff's all part of this, and I I think what I'm trying to say here is, you don't have to be, you know, an offensive wizard to use a running back in the pass game. 
you make him a complimentary piece, part of your route concepts, part of your route tree, that creates another matchup and creates a much easier throw for the quarterback when you get the ball out of your hands quickly. Now the guys that are responsible for covering some of those plays and those concepts are safeties. They're, mm-hmm. they're, they're challenged a lot, and you played safety. We have to ask you about the safeties, especially with the Bears. And Look, we, we talked about Eddie Jackson, but Adrian Amos has mm-hmm. an expiring contract. They couldn't come to terms last year after his third year, and there's some... Um, internal debate, outside debate, even whether or not they can agree to terms this year, especially if Jackson's up for contract right. uh, coming up in the future. I, I, I'm curious, just what have you seen maybe from the safety class, um, knowing that you played the position, that maybe the the Bears could have some interest in come the third round? Because you can't talk about the first and right. second yet for the Bears, but what does this safety class kind of hold? Well, I, I think the safety class is interesting because I always look at safeties and you can break them down based on their traits and the today's modern NFL. Okay, there's not many post-safety. Eddie Jackson is a post-safety. That's what he is. I mean, he plays quarters and they'll, they'll continue to play quarters even without Vic. But he's a guy that can roll down. He's got some coverage ability but he makes a lot of plays over the top of the defense because he could drive downhill from the post or from a quarters line. So I think the two post-safeties that I really like are Deontay Thompson from Alabama and Nasser Adderley from Delaware. All right, And this kid from Delaware, man, can make plays. He's got range. He can move. But I think those guys are coming off the board before the Bears draft. What you're looking at, if you lose Amos, because uh, here's the thing about Amos is that he's in a test free agency, and he should. He should want to. I would want to as a player, too. The free agency class is loaded. There's a lot of names out there. Earl Thomas, Tyron Matthew, Landon Collins might be out there. Trey Boston, I think, is out. There's a lot of names out there. Not everyone can get paid. So this might be a situation where Amos does test the market and comes back and gets paid by the Bears. Might not be what he wants. Okay, but that's a tough... Uh, you know, I've been there as a player. And obviously, I, I'm not anywhere near as talented as these guys are. But as a safety, you don't you don't get paid like corner. You don't get paid like a DN. They just don't. So a lot of... You saw last year in the market. A lot of safeties were on the market. Kenny Vaccaro, those guys were on the market all offseason, yeah. right? Because they're not exactly getting what they want. And I, I agree. I don't... I mean, I, I mean, I disagree in terms of that I do think they're more valuable. In today's NFL, I think the safety is so valuable. I think they should be paid, not as much as a corner, but they should be paid for what they're doing. Always a great conversation with Matt Bowen, and I could have probably talked to him for another 20 minutes about all that stuff. Yeah, oh, you learn so much. You learn. Yeah, just the way he talks about the game. He's got the football voice, too. I always thought he sounded a little bit like Doug Buffon. Okay. I could see the resemblance. Yeah, there was like a, there's a similarity there. The, the voice uh, inflection, but yeah. it's a very football inflection, if that makes sense to you. Hashtag football guy. Yeah, football guy. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, anyway, it, it's clear he has really broken down this running back class already yes. and has some guys that he thinks would be a, uh, a good fit for the Bears. And then... You know, just the fact that he's a former safety breaking down Eddie Jackson like that. Yeah. And Adrian Amos's uh, chances in free agency. It's it, just an interesting perspective coming from him. Well, here's the thing. They, they can't re-sign everybody. Continuity has value to a certain point, and that point usually could be that price point that you don't want to surpass. You can't give Adrian Amos... A sizable deal when you when you got to give Eddie Jackson a more sizable deal down the road. But I think to to what Matt's talking about is 
I think the Bears are okay with Adrian Amos going to the free free market because I don't think they expect him to get a huge offer out there. No. I mean, there's so many... All it takes is one team, though. Right, but there's so many f- safeties out there this year in the free agent class, and it's not like... I think Adrian Amos is a pretty good player. I think he's a starter caliber player, especially when he's next to Eddie Jackson. He knows the defense, and I think he wants to be back in Chicago, too, and I think they know that. So... It, it seems like this is one of those situations where both parties are willing to let the open market set the market, and I, 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 you know, from the Bears' perspective, if he if he does have an offer out there and the market's higher than they thought, then then you probably let him go and maybe attack things in the in the draft. But I, I guess what I'm saying is I don't necessarily think there's going to be a huge out there offer. I, for, I, I think he's he, he might prove to be more difficult. To, to replace than some arguments, mine included, that, that, that have been made. Uh, I think Deion Bush could be a servable, serviceable replacement. Maybe give DeAndre Houston Carson a serious shot, though I believe Vic Fangio actually liked him more in the slot as a, as a Bryce Callahan backup. Uh, I know Ryan Pace says it's not an either-or situation, but if Callahan tests the market too and comes back with a different number, um, a higher number, I, I think you got to expend or spend a bit more on the the nickelback, even though he has some durability concerns, but does what Sherrick McManus did at the end of the season though affect your opinion on that at all? I mean, because he stepped into there to that nickel spot and played pretty well, and I and I always thought it was you know it took him a while to get to that point where he played pretty well because I remember going to we were, weren't we here in Indianapolis where Sherrick McManus was stating his case. For Nickelback and things look good, things look good, and they looked really bad. Well, you're talking about past seasons. Yes, past seasons. Yeah, yeah. and I'm not disagreeing with that, but but I guess the point I'm making, and I said this as it was happening. I mean, I think the biggest reason why Sherrick looked so capable this year in that spot is because the rest of the defense around him was really, really good. And so, I, I guess the case I'm making is that. Maybe either of those guys could actually be uh, mostly replaceable. Maybe yeah, replaceable because the, the rest of the defense around them. Here, here's the thing: everybody and, and Amos doesn't get hurt. Yes, yes, yeah. no, I, I get that. Just in general, what the Bears are experiencing, it, it's not some special situation. Yes, you would like every starter to return when you had the best defense by far in the NFL, but but, but change happens. The reasons they never get conditional picks is because they're always spending free agency. Yeah, This is the type of case where they can gain a conditional pick down the road if an Adrian Amos signs with a different team, goes to the Kansas City Chiefs or goes to the San Diego Chargers, whatever. They can get a conditional pick in return because he's their own product, of course. But... Look, I think there's options there in the draft. Uh, I, I do think, to go back to our original conversation with Matt Bowen, running back seems to take priority. If you're, if you're ranking terms of position, if you're ranking positions in terms of priority, it's kicker than I think running back because I think that's what they're missing offensively. You mentioned it when we talked to Matt Bowen. Something seems to be lacking. There and I think, look, everybody makes a big deal or shouldn't make a big deal about who, which teams are talking to which players here at the combine. But it's it's no secret. I mean, they've talked to Benny Snell. They've talked to uh, the kid from Penn State. They've they've talked to literally almost every single running back here at the combine. Yeah, and you know, I gotta, 
I hope I explained it well enough when we were talking to Matt. I mean, got a tweet this morning from one of our podcast listeners. I'm, I'm sorry, I don't have it in front of me right now, but the, the gist of it was, you know, it was a defense of Jordan Howard. And, like, well, the, you guys mentioned that the his numbers were down. You were talking about that yesterday. His numbers were down. And, um, well, that was because they gave him the ball less. Well, you know what? Okay, for for one... For a lot of the season, he actually had as many touches as he had in the past. I don't know how it finished, but for most of the season, he had the same amount of touches, and the production level wasn't there. And also, I mean, the the point that that tweeter was making was that they just need to give him the ball more. And I'm sorry, that's just not how this offense works. Okay, here's some stats for you. Okay. As a rookie... He was second in the NFL in rushing, right? Behind Zeke Elliott from the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. He had 252 carries for 1,313 yards. This year, in one more game, he had 250 carries. So two less. Two less. And ran for 935 yards. Yeah. Yards per carry, 5.2. His rookie year, 3.7 this year. The offensive line was not the problem. If it was... Bobby Massey does not get the extension. Kyle Long does not restructure his deal to stay with the Bears. Mm-hmm. The Bears brass does not see the offensive line as the problem. Matt Nagy is not going anywhere. The problem seems to be with the player actually getting the ball. Yeah, and and again, I don't necessarily know that it's anything that Jordan Howard is doing wrong. I, I I think it's just a matter he's of he's what fit, he is. Yeah, fit in the offense, and and I and and I also don't think he's a terrible fit. I just don't think he's. Again, it goes to the matchups we were talking with Matt Bowen about. I mean, if you if he's out there lined up behind Mitch Trubisky, the defensive players always have it in their mind, okay, that's one less person we have to worry about running a route on us here in this situation. Okay, so Matt's whole thing here is that he wants every single player on the field to, to be, be a multi-dimensional threat. To be yep. multi-dimensional, so it constantly makes it Especially impossible backs, for the yep. defense to cover every single option on every play. That's the whole point here. And, and it's ultimately what, what what they're trying to accomplish on every single play. And, and right now, when Jordan Howard's out there, even though he's a pretty good player, he's not always providing that. Can he still have a, a, an important role on this team in short-yarded situations and uh, you know on third downs, any pass blocker? Sure. But it, I, it's clear that they're looking for something different here, and there are options in this draft that can help the Bears. So Howard's drop rate decreased. So that's a positive sure. for a guy who has had tons of drops But again, his most career. of his catches were screens or checkdowns. 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 So even though his drop rate improved, his catches were it was a career low again. His targets were another career low for, from this season. So obviously, you mentioned Taekwondo Mazel again. What he's getting on the field, obviously Matt Nagy is not happy with what Jordan Howard is, is able to provide on a consistent yeah. basis as a pass catcher. Well, look at the playoff game. Malcolm Jenkins was preparing all week to cover Trey Burton. Trey Burden wasn't in the game. He ended up covering Tariq Cohen the whole time. Not Jordan Howard. Tariq Cohen became the focus. And, hey, maybe it would have been different had there been another running back out there on the field that was commanding that kind of attention. Malcolm Jenkins has to cover that guy. 
Well, Tariq Cohen may have had more than, what was it, four touches yeah. in the playoff game? So this is what we're talking about here. It's not bashing the player. I think Jordan Howard's a pretty good NFL running back. But the system has changed, and I don't think even think they're trying to get rid of him. Right now, there were some rumors last night. that you no, know, There's always rumors. There's always rumors. I, I don't even know that's that that's the case. When you get Bud Light's flowing at, at, at Prime or, or St. Elmo's at 1 and 2 in the morning. The, the rumors just start coming out of the beer bottles. Yes. Sometimes. Yes, that's how it works. At the <laughs> bottom there, Jordan Howard traded. Jarvis Landry. Oh, but he cannot this year. No. 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 It, personally, when I look at the running backs, uh, Iowa State's David Montgomery mm-hmm. kind of uh, appeals to me. I know Matt Bowen is very high on him. Uh, the kid from Penn State... What's his name? Miles Sanders. You know, obviously he had to, he had to replace Saquon Barkley, but he seems to, to to have something there. Just that the point being is that history shows you can find a good player in the mid round, especially at running back. And all of these running backs, you talk to them, talk to them this week at the combine. They know they got to establish themselves as pass catchers. So it, it's going to be interesting how how it plays out. You know, you got these pro days coming up. You'll have some private workouts. Obviously, the game film, like like Matt was saying, doesn't show a lot of catches for some of these guys. So there's some 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 projections involved. So we'll have to see. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm trying to think of what else we should take. The kicking workouts were today. So the Bears had kicks to watch. The thump of the football, as Did you said yesterday. any of them actually try to hit the post? I hope you see not. those Instagram videos of Cody Parkey practicing and hitting posts that came. You know, everybody's sort of searching through his timeline. Yeah. But, but he had... Where he was trying to hit the post? Yeah. Well, Robbie Gold used to do that. Yes, I know. Game. I know. I know. Yeah. Just saying. Well, Robbie Gold is also the best kicker in Bears history. Cody right. Parkey lasted here one year because he hit the post too much. I can't say I've I've been to an NFL combine kicking uh, workout. We're not allowed in there. Even if I was, and, I don't. And let's be honest, <laughs> there's only three of them here. Yeah, you can. There's only a, a certain amount of information you can glean from these guys, even in, in the meetings. Like you have to, ex- you want to experience what they're experiencing when, when the pressure's on. You're not getting that here in, in Indianapolis, are you? Which, which goes back to, again, I don't know that I like the idea of using a draft pick on one of these guys. Because what... what I, you- I, I just think if, if you become infatuated with one, and like he's your best kicker on your board, and he's there in the seventh round... Right, but you've got to be really convinced that this guy is... It's a seventh round pick. And you have two of them. I get that you have limited draft capital, but a seventh-round pick is still a seventh-round pick, and it's like the perfect round to take a waiver on on a kicker. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you have one guy that stands out that much more. But it's like, even today, like, okay, it's a workout. How many head coaches do we need to tell us that, what are you looking for? Uh, The ball to go through the uprights. I wonder if the Bears had Josh Lucas running at guys out there in the field. Yeah. There was, I did find it interesting though that Pace said that he thinks leg strength is especially important where they play at Soldier Field. When for both Connor Barth and uh, Cody Parkey, that wasn't necessarily their strength. Well, 
maybe it's an example of him learning. Now. Yeah, I mean, that's why I, I, I Although, it. like, Robbie Gold wasn't known to have the strongest leg. Criticisms of, of him used to be about his, his kickoffs, right. was it not? Yeah. But he also seemingly got stronger and was able to, to, to kick yes, yes. from deep, you know, deeper even range Cody, as Even Cody got. Parkey was putting some through, you know, the... I, I think what he's talking about is the, like some of these kicks, like Cody Parkey's extra points just seem to lack velocity sometimes. Yeah, I, I had that analogy on Twitter where it just seemed to like he was just taking chip shots. He, just, he just was never driving the ball through yes, the upright. Yes, 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 with with some authority, with some confidence, mm-hmm. and you get your double doinks that way, I guess. Double doinks. All right. Um, I don't got anything else. No. No, I gotta say kickers and running backs. You know, I think the Bears could use an outside linebacker, but we'll get there. Oh, well, I think every position's still on the table. It's just they're you know it's a little bit more difficult difficult this year. Yeah, yeah. Admittedly, on us. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's different. <laughs> it's so, different. A little bit more of a challenge to to dig deeper, which is a good thing. And. uh you know, honestly, something I try to do every year with those Bears mock drafts. So there will be a new one next week. Ooh, on Tuesday. Ooh, the post combine. Are you going running back again in the third round? Uh, I did do that last time, didn't I? I don't know if I will. Have I convinced you to, to take a kicker in the seventh? Probably not. Uh, disappointing. Plus, I missed the workout today, so you know. Your information is very limited, there, Adam. <laughs> did they make Shame. It? Should I should I spend the weekend watching? <laughs> All 22 no, kicking no, videos. No, I, I, I hope not. No. If you do, we should talk. I got a bond spiel on Saturday. I can't be watching film. Bond spiel. I'll come out there one with you one day. You should, you should explain what that is to some people. Yeah, it sounds like curling. some type of... It's a curling tournament. How about that? Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's the best way to explain it. Um, all right. We should get out of here. Yes. I'm going to head back to Chicago. All right. Special thank you to Matt Bowen here. Uh, thanks to Matt Bowen for joining us. Always fun talking to him. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E, at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S. Read us at WGNRadio.com slash BearsChicagoSuntimes.com. Please rate and review the podcast. We appreciate you doing that. And this was episode 218. No longer allowed to list it on the thing because Apple won't kill us. But we can still tell you. Although maybe we will just stop doing that. Yeah, at some point we, really actually, we, we actually got confused on what number it was, but our buddy Joe Romano was happy to correct us. Were we wrong one time? I thought so. Yeah, maybe. There's definitely been episodes where I've mentioned I've forgotten to mention it. Yeah. So I guess it's not that big of a deal. You got us, Apple. You got us. <laughs> Please don't kill us. We're out of here. Talk to you soon. We're not going anywhere. We're we're full free agency draft mode here. We'll talk to you next week.